Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. When we travel, we get to know people who are different than we are. We hear their stories, we understand their perspectives, and the whole world becomes a smaller place. So every other week here on the show, approximately, we get to hear from a new guest who's got a different perspective and a different story. We get to learn something new every other week. It's like getting on an airplane without the flight cost. However, I need to warn you, this particular episode is very heavy. Angela was on active military duty when her family was in a car accident. Her two youngest children didn't survive. So in this episode, she cries, I cry. Just go ahead and get the tissues ready. We talk about the graphic details of the accident. We talk about her process of finding out. We walk through her grief journey and her journey to forgiveness. The world is in a really heavy place right now. And so I feel like Angela's story is the one that we need to hear. Because it's a hard story. But it's a hard story full of hope and full of God's goodness. And so if you're at a place where you can listen to hope and God's goodness in the midst of unthinkable tragedy, this is the episode for you. If you're not at that place right now, maybe check out one of our more lighthearted episodes, like episode 64 or 66. Know that this episode, 68, will be waiting for you when you're ready. The other thing I need to tell you is that around minute 30, when Angela and I are talking about forgiveness, an ambulance drives down her street. The siren is in the podcast. There is not an ambulance driving down the road behind you. I mean, maybe there is. I guess I don't know that for sure. But the siren sound is in the show. All right. I think that's everything. Let's bring in Angela. Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. And I'm here today with a new friend, Angela Alexander. Angela was on active military duty in Japan when her husband and four children were in a fatal car accident. She's now retired from the Air Force and works as a grief coach, a speaker, and an author. She's got a documentary entitled Miracles in Action, Turning Pain into Power and Grief into Peace. She's here to share a little bit of her story with us today. So Angela, thank you so much for being willing to come on the show. Thank you for having me, Katie. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. I am so glad that you're here. I hate what you've been through, but I love how you're using it for good and for God's glory. So I would love to hear your story in more detail. Thank you for allowing me to share. Um, I was in Japan on military duty. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, my, I was working with a group of people and Lieutenant Mavechi came up to us and says, Alexander, I need to speak with you. Now, Katie, it was April Fool's weekend. No way. So, yeah, it was April Fool's weekend. So I just thought it was another practical joke. And sure. we, so we just start walking and talking about nothing. And mm-hmm. we end up at the door of the small office. And inside was a man who was introduced as a priest. Hmm. And from the looks on their faces, I knew this was yeah. no April Fool's joke. Yeah. The day before, my husband and four children mm-hmm. was driving down the highway here in California, and mm-hmm. a car cut them off. Mm-hmm. A truck hit the center divider, and upon impact, they were all knocked unconscious. Wow. Then our truck went backwards across that highway and fell. 25 feet below. Wow. And landed upside down on top of two other park vehicles with people inside those cars. Oh, wow. Girl, praise God, our car fell on their engine and not their roof. Mm. And I mean, 
there was a lady sitting right behind her steering wheel. If our car had went a foot backwards, yeah, it would have been a different testimony. Wow. The police, ambulance, firefighters with the jaws of life all came to the site and they saw a father and four children. And they ran up to my daughter, Angela, who was 11 years old at the time. Yeah. She was in and out of consciousness. And the police officer said, where's your mother? Where's your mother? Mm -hmm. Well, she looked at the officer all days and said, my mama's in Japan. <laughs> well, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But the, however, the officer thought she hit her head way too hard. Sure. And was de delirious. Yeah. Did not believe a single word she said. Wow. Well, they retrieved my address from my husband's driver's license and came to my home. Sure. Now, most think, most people think by me being on the other side of the world was the worst place possible. But you know what, Katie? Mm. I needed to be that far away mm. in order to hear God's voice. Mm. Because if I was home, I would have run somewhere. Mm. But in Japan, I had no choice but to be still and yeah. know that God is still God. Yeah. Whenever and wherever there's a crisis, Christ is. Mm. Back in Japan, the priest is nervously holding, holding this paperwork from the Red Cross. Oh, gosh. Says, Angela, your husband, he's in the hospital, but he's okay. Your daughter, Angela, she's in the hospital, but she's okay. Yeah. Your daughter, Angelina, she's in the hospital, but she's okay. But your two eight-year-old sons, Maurice and Roger, they didn't make it. Mm. And I'm telling you, instantly, as if no one was in that room but God and me, yeah. I recalled a prayer my children said before going to bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. Mm. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I'm telling you, it felt as if I heard my son say right here in my heart. Yeah. No, mommy, that priest is wrong. We prayed the Lord our soul to take. We did make it. We're here with Jesus. But I'm oh, telling you, yeah. I'm telling you, God was sending me so much love yeah. and so much peace. Mm -hmm. There was no room for pain. Mm. The people in the room were watching and waiting for my world to turn upside down. Yeah. But instead, they witnessed my world still in alignment yeah. with the one we call our Heavenly Father, mm. our Prince of Peace. Our comforter and our provider, the Almighty God. Mm -hmm. So the next day, I was on that 10 hour plus plane ride from Japan to California. Yeah. And in the midst of my storm, I first thank God that my whole family hadn't passed away. Mm. I thank God that Maurice and Roger passed whew, instantly. That's still hard to say. Yeah, I'm sure. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. And I was grateful that they weren't hooked up to a life support machine, suffering, mm. waiting for me to come home only then to pass away. Mm. I praise God for the little things because when you do hear the supernatural way of multiplying and magnifying your small praise into huge testimonies. Mm -hmm. 
And then about an hour in that flight, I almost sat straight up in my seat. As I recall, this letter Maurice had written about a month before the car crash. Mm. Maurice was eight years old in the third grade. He had a math test at school, finished early, and received his A. Now, he had to be quiet while his classmates completed their test. And in the quiet time, he wrote this letter to me and my husband. Now, he had never written us a letter before, so this is not one of many or any. And he ran in the house from school that afternoon. He shouted, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, Daddy, I wrote you a letter. I wrote you a letter. I said, (laughs) what do you mean you wrote us a letter? Where are you going? Mm. And he says, nowhere, mommy. I just love you. Mm. I looked at my husband and said, baby, get the checkbook because whatever brother wants, the brother can have too. Okay? <laughs> love it. And the two of us said at the foot of our bed, we read his letter aloud. Yeah. I'm telling you, he wrote three pages, not only, not only explaining why he loved us, but sharing that he loved us, but expressing mm. that he loved us. And at the end of all three pages, he wrote the words, bye-bye. Mm. And I'm telling you, it just meant so much to me because what he wrote in those letters, um, I knew it was the Holy Spirit giving him information because this this letter written above and beyond his age and grade level. Sure. And then the Thursday before the double memorial service, I was in my kitchen and I was praying and I was crying and I was praying, dear God, thank you so much for Maurice's letter. It is truly the reason I can stand right here with my mind still intact. Yeah. And I said, but I need to know that Roger's also at peace. Mm. I need to know that he was also visited by the Holy Spirit. God, I need to know that you are in control of this hot mess. Mm. Mm -hmm. And God laid one word on my heart and he said, search. I said, search. Have you ever got the side eye? I was like, what you talking about, God? (laughs) Right. You know, is it bigger than the bread box? What am I looking for, right? Right. And I searched my house for over three hours that afternoon, and I did not find anything that I prayed, trusted, and believed for. Mm. But as only as God can create it, only as God can orchestrate it, that evening was open house in my children's elementary school. Mm. And at this point in time, my husband is still in the hospital. Yeah. My girls are home. Mm-hmm. They needed some normalcy in their life. Their friends on the block was going to open house. So I said, you know what? We're going to go as well. Sure. We left a house full of people. Yeah. Because they wouldn't leave. So we left. <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't leave. So we went to Angela's fifth grade class, Angelina's fourth grade class, and all their classmates wrote these hand condolences, love mm-hmm. letters, and forms. And I mean, it literally took me months just to read through the boxes sure. of love. Yeah. And then we went to Maurice's third grade class. And when I walked in, this hush just came across the room. Because the parents didn't know what to say to me. And frankly, I didn't know what to say to them. Valid. Yeah, but the children, they circled around me because they wanted to tell me. They wanted to tell me how much they loved and they missed their friend Maurice. Mm. And they couldn't comprehend somebody their own eye level passing away. They just saw him Friday. Yeah. And Saturday he was gone. Yeah. And so it was a healing time for all of us. And his sweater was still hanging on the back of his chair and they wouldn't mm-hmm. let anybody touch his belongings. And I just walked over and I just, sm- oh, this, you know, the little boy smell outside. Yeah. <laughs> yep. mm. I don't know how long we stayed there, but somehow we was able to leave his room. Like, I think we got put out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we finally made it to Roger's second grade class. 
And Mrs. Blassie, his teacher, you know, shared her condolences. And yeah. then I asked like all the other parents, what did my son do for open house? Yeah. Two weeks before the car crash, Mrs. Blassie had given all of her second graders all kind of arts and craft supplies and simply said, do something for open house. Your parents are coming with no mm -hmm. other instructions. Yeah. Well, God designed this opportunity for Roger to leave his goodbye letter. Wow. Now, all that projects were stapled to the wall. Mm -hmm. I took Roger's down. Roger cut out the shape of a house with closed doors. Hmm. I opened it up. It said, Mommy, I have a big backyard and a big house. <laughs> I said, stop right there, little boy, because we actually had the smallest backyard in the block. <laughs> <laughs> And then I remembered when he wrote this two weeks ago, he was in transition mode. Mm. He was referring to his heavenly home mm. where he does have a big backyard yeah. and he does have a big house. Yeah. And that reminds me of scripture, John 14, two and three, when Jesus said in my father's house, there were many mansions. Yeah. If it were not so, I would have told you so. Mm -hmm. I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah. And if I prepare a place for you, which he just said he would, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come again wow. and receive you to myself mm. because where I am, there you may be also. Mm. And I'm telling you. This scripture, this scripture right here, this scripture is, gives me great peace. It allows yeah. me to say all is well with my soul. Yeah. Because Jesus himself will personally escort you to our Heavenly Father. Mm. It's just, wow. And every time I just, let me finish this. So that's, yeah. that's in the center. And on the right-hand side of his home description, he cut out a tombstone. Mm. And on that tombstone, he wrote three powerful words. Dead men joy. Wow. And this is an eight-year-old little boy using the yeah. word now, men. But men is all inclusive. Mm. But God also wants to have a personal relationship. So he had him draw a picture of himself beneath those words. Oh, interesting. Wow. And then on the opposite side of that home description, he cut out a second tombstone. Mm -hmm. And on that one, he wrote the words dead men jams and drew a picture of his brother Maurice. Because Maurice oh. is always dancing, jamming yeah. around the house. Aww. And let me say I almost fell on my knees as I praised God for being so good to me. Yeah. Because I had just prayed hours early that day. God, I need to know that Roger's at peace. Yeah. And this is what God gave me that very evening. Wow. So I said, we have not because we ask not. Yeah. So ask for the impossible. All things are possible with God. Mm. He gave me the peace that I needed to stay here to praise his holy name forever. Yeah. And when I was writing the memorial program, God said, Angela, their letters were written to soothe your soul, but more importantly, to share. Mm. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. No, this is when the arguments began. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. What I'm not going to do is talk about this every time somebody asks me. Yeah. Because at that time, I couldn't even say their names without a lump in my throat. Sure. I, I couldn't imagine speaking on stages and I couldn't. And I gave God a laundry list where I couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't. And for six months, I walked in disobedience. 
And God wasn't hearing none of it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he was like looking at his watch, like, okay, I'm gonna give you another day and then yeah. you're gonna come out of this. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when when the pain became too much for me to bear of 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 you know w- wanting to be obedient, but scared because I never wrote a book, I never spoke in front of people. You know, they say yeah. that people would rather jump out of a plane than speak in front of you know a, a room full of people, and that was me. Yeah. But you know, week after week, and 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 it just became the burden became so much to be obedient. And then finally, I woke up and I said, "I surrender all. Mm. God, use me as you choose to." Yeah. And I didn't have a clue what to do. But at that time, I had 15 years in the Air Force. I said, "God, if you give me the strength to put my uniform back on and stay in the military for another five years, I will retire and dedicate my life." to sharing your amazing testimony. Because yeah. Katie, I knew the testimony was worthy to be told. Yeah. But who was I? Mm. And it was a huge responsibility. Yeah. And finally, I, I, I know, so God granted me that strength. I stayed in the Air Force for another five years. I retired. But in, in that time, I wrote my autobiography titled Miracles in Action. Mm-hmm. I have a couple here. Titled Miracles in Action. Turning yeah. pain into power and grief into peace. Mm. I my book, as you shared, my book has been turned into a documentary film. Yeah, and I have a children's book. I mean, now, now this is my workbook um, to help people because grief is a process. And what's going on with the world today? Yeah. People need to um, the process of how I turned that grief into peace. Yep, yep. And then I'm so excited about my children's book right here. Oh, cool. And what I love about it, the illustrations are absolutely gorgeous. And I'm going to share with this is right here. I don't know if you can see it that good, but this is Maurice's letter. <gasps> no way. Out of the envelope and hold it right here wow. in your hand. He wrote, he wrote, he wrote, he wrote two letters. This is the front and back of one. And this is the second letter. And because, wow. and you know, this is the Holy Spirit. Because I was like, how am I going to keep children, you know, attention span? Sure. So I wanted to make it really interactive for the children. So that's yeah. Maurice's letter in his own handwriting, just shrunk down. Oh, wow. And this is Roger's letter with the house. Uh-huh. And, then he and the it up. Those are the two tombstones. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited about the books. And so yeah. um, since then, so now I'm a grief coach as well yeah. to help people, you know, with the process of grieving. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of grief? Like, I feel like in general, the world is very heavy right now. And so I think that we've got a lot to learn in terms of how to grieve. And so I would love to hear your story and your advice you've got in walking through the grief process. Yeah, I, I actually wrote um, this, my, se- my seven steps from grief to peace. Yeah. Everybody might have their own, but my sure. seven steps was first seek God first. Mm. Ask God to heal your broken heart. Yeah. Um, like I said a minute ago, we have not because we ask not. Mm-hmm. And you have to want to heal. Mm. A lot mm-hmm. of people, I'll just say the healing of your broken heart is not an indication that you no longer love or miss your loved one. Mm. A lot of people stay right there because they feel if they let the grief go, they're letting go of their loved one. Mm. And as long as they hold on to that grief, even though it's hard and it's painful, yeah, 
they're holding on to that loved one. I'm telling you, I just said, you know, if you if your loved one has accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior, they are joyfully jamming with Jesus and they don't want you to be here miserable. Mm, yeah, that's true. And you're not and you're not letting them go. You're taking them with you with, through the, your memories. Yeah. Every time you smile and think about them, you're bringing them with you. Every time you share a story, you, you're bringing them with you. So you're not leaving them behind. Every time you share a photograph of them, yeah. you're bringing them with you. But let go of the pain. So when you remember them, you can remember them with a smile. Mm, yeah. And if I share a tear, those are tears of joy. Mm. Because the love never dies. Mm. Their laughter does remain. Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, seek God first. Second, speak life over yourself and over your situation. Mm. You know, you say death and life is in the power of the tongue. And so if we, if we, if we just stay in that grief and stay in that grief and, and, and oh, poor me, poor doom, gloom, and we're actually speaking death over ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's a spiral, it's a downward spiral. And we don't yeah. want to go that way. We don't want to yeah. go that way. Yeah. Um, number three is I search for your miracles in the midst of your storm. Mm. You can search for your miracles or you can search for your misery. Yeah. The choice is yours. Sure. And I was searching when I found my son's letters, I was searching for miracles. When God said search, I didn't know what I was looking for, but because God told me I knew it was something good. Yeah. Yeah. So I search. Give or receive forgiveness, number four. Mm. A lot of, you know, depending on the circumstances of the death, you know, it might be some forgiveness that needs to happen. And even if you need to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And some people blame God, even if it's to forgive God. Yeah. So forgiveness. And that right there, if you let that go, sometime the healing will come. Mm. Yeah. Number five, listen, for me, this is what's really beneficial for me. Listen to inspirational music, praise or praise. or It can be secular or praise and worship. Anything mm-hmm. that really ministers to you, because there's a song for me. Uh, title um, Love Never Dies sung by Patti LaBelle mm. and it's not a praise and worship song but it ministered to me sure and I used to just pray that song on a loop yeah all day every day when I didn't even want to talk to nobody and I didn't want nobody talking to me I would yeah. put that song on and just listen to it wrote the words out meditated on it and it, it was really helpful mm. number six um, take a daily walk Mm. or exercise uh-huh now now make sure if you have any medical issues make sure you you know clear that with your doctor but sure. taking a walk getting out exercising i mean i remember my husband and i after our son's passed we used to just go to the gym in the wintertime in the summertime we'd like to walk outside but just on a treadmill and katie with tears flowing yeah walking mm-hmm. and it just helps you know that is that that natural um energy that just makes you feel good yeah helps and then seven attend uh, a grief coach you know individual coaching if you need that mm-hmm. seek help you know um go out and get what you need to make yourself feel better if you need to talk to somebody because after a while your friends and family sometimes they don't feel comfortable sure. talking about your loved one who just sure. passed away and even if it's not recently it could be you know years decades yeah and you still want to talk about your you know 
your your son or daughter, your auntie, you know, your friend, husband, wife who passed. And and even then, sometimes your friends and family are still not comfortable. So you need to find somebody, a grief group or or, or coaching and somebody to, you know, so that you can have so you can't have those conversations because it's healing. It mm-hmm. really is. Yeah. So those are my those are my seven steps from grief to peace that I actually went through. Yeah. All seven of them that helped me from grief to peace. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Those were really insightful. There are quite a few of those that I was like, ooh, I should dig into that one. So thank you. You talked about how when you walked into, I don't remember which one was first. I think you said it was Marisa's classroom. Yeah. Um, no one knew what to say. What advice do you have for people who are in that situation where they just don't know what to say or what to do? People are scared to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And when my son's passed, my friend lived down the street. She didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. First of all, I had some neighbors who were cross to, they would, they would walk across the street to avoid me. Oh gosh. Because they didn't know what to say. Sure. And that's real. Yeah, I bet. However, I call it the ministry of presence. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what to say, but she came home. She just held my hand. Yeah. And we just stood there and, and, and it, it was really hurtful for her too, because our sons, they had birthdays in the same week. So they all had, they always had mm. birthday parties together. Yeah. And, and even, and even down the road when, um, I would see, you know, Maurice's and Roger's friends. Yeah. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, re- it was really hard for me to even speak to the, I could, cause, I, cause I knew if Maurice and Roger was here, he would be Right. Running up and down the street, playing with them, and right. to watch year after year after they, you know, graduate from elementary school to yeah. high school to prom yeah. and all yeah. those landmarks along the way, you know, I, I, I would see my sons, you know, but I, I, you know, that was really hard because I would see them at eight years old yeah. <laughs> because that's how mm-hmm. old they were when they passed. Right. But I just, I, I, I you know, and that's a whole nother thing about grief that. Sometimes people don't realize that we miss, we miss that whole branch. Now, I'm not only grieving the death of my sons, but I'm even grieving the grandchildren. I would, I would be a grandmama by now. And I know that. Sure. <laughs> I know yeah. I'll be a grandmama by now if Maurice and Roger were still here. And, yeah. or I grieve, you know, my daughter-in-laws that I would have. Mm-hmm. So that whole mm-hmm. branch is gone. Yeah. As a result. Yeah. So I would just tell people who are grieving, just even though, even who's trying to find out what to say, just your being there. Sure. Means the world. Because when I think about back to their memorial service, I don't remember what everyone said, but I remember the people who were there. Mm, sure. Sure. Yeah. So the importance of being there more than the concern of saying something dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you think it's going to be dumb, just don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, what can I, you know, what can I do for you? What, you know, can I help you? Do you need anything? You know, those yeah. kind of things. You know, because a lot of times when people are grieving, sometimes you forget to eat, sure. you know, and, and, and then, and then, and then you say, you say that, then you gotta, <laughs> we had so much food. We didn't know what oh, to I'm do. Sure. With it. Yeah. You know, but, but you want to make sure I'd rather have your friends have more than enough than not anything. Yeah. Or sometimes, um, you know, depending, depending on the circumstances, there might not be funds there to bury the child or the sure. person, sure. you know, to find out what they need physically, financially. Yeah spiritually, mentally, I mean, all the things that, you know, you can't assume that, you know, they're all right. And yeah. sometimes they might not want to say, depending on 
how mm-hmm. quiet the world they are, you know, that yeah. they need help. So yeah. I know sometimes people wouldn't even ask me, do I need food? They would just, I'll just wake up uh, I'll, and the ring the and there's food there. <laughs> and that was before DoorDash. <laughs> sure, sure. They were your DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So just find out what they need and, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Just giving that so they don't have to because they're dealing with enough right at that time. For sure. For sure. That's good. One of the steps that you mentioned, I think it was number four, you talked about forgiveness and you talked about forgiving yourself or others or even forgiving God. Did you ever struggle with like forgiving God or what did that process look like trusting his goodness? I I had to forgive myself for not being there. Mm. And then um, when I read him, and, and when, 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 hopefully you get a chance to read more recent Roger's letters, yeah. uh, one, of, one of the sentences he says, he says, um, mom, I, if, he said, oh, he said, mom, if I got to choose a mom, I would choose you. Mm. And when he wrote that, and I was like, wow. And that let me know the Holy Spirit knows everybody from the beginning and the end of time. Yeah. And with all of my thoughts, he would have still would have chosen me to be Maurice's mother. And that let me know that all was in God's divine order, no matter where I was in the world. Yeah. All is in God's divine order. And, and the Holy Spirit would choose me to be his mother again. So I had to, I had to forgive myself for not being there. Sure. But if you had asked me the day before, girl, what would you do if something happened to your children? We all get that question. Mm. And if you had asked me the day before, I remember saying, I will go crazy, hook up the IV, go live your life because I'm through. Yeah. And I was so on that plane right home. I was like, wow, God, I was, first of all, I was pinching myself because I couldn't believe how at ease I was, how at peace I was. Yeah. Because, and I kept reciting my social security number. I was like giving myself a, a checkup from the neck up. Sure. <laughs> because yeah. I was like, you know, am I crazy? You know, because people thought that I was really calm because maybe, um, I was, I didn't realize I, I, I was too distraught. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was too far away to understand actually what was going on. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was, it was that God had interceded. You know, mm-hmm. that we always said, you know, that peace that surpasses your understanding. Yeah. I really got that. Sure. I really got that. You know, the Holy yeah. Spirit gave me that peace that still today is hard to put words to it. Mm-hmm. They gave me that peace that really surpassed me because God knew that he wanted me to turn this test into a testimony. Yeah. And he wanted, he, and, and he knew these letters were written, you know, to help other people turn their grief into peace. And mm-hmm. if I had went to a dire more spiral, then where was that going to lead me? Sure. So he came in and says, no, I want you to be okay. Yeah. Even though it took me six months <laughs> of yeah. walking in disobedience, I finally came around and, mm-hmm. and, and turned this mess into a message. Yeah. So, so you know, so yeah. he just came to me. And, and so I had to forgive myself. Mm. That's, the, yeah. that's what the, my forgiveness was. Yeah. That's so hard, but it's also so beautiful. I love that. The, I love that God gave you that peace even right away on the flight home. Yes. That, right away he was there with you in the midst of of disaster yes yeah wow how has your family dealt with it wow my 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 daughter my daughter angela she it was it, 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 at the time she was 11 years old mm-hmm. and it was really raw and she just felt they she felt um sometimes she felt guilty 
survivor's guilt sure for surviving and my husband he was like you know for like over a month once once he was finally released from the hospital he had to stay in the hospital for like two months oh wow once he was finally released he's like you know why why you know what if I had left five minutes later Mm. what if I had just went a different route sure my friends would be alive and for over a month I had to read Maurice and Roger's letters to him yeah over and over and over again because I shared with him I said sorry listen these letters are miracles Mm. and the miracle was in action before that car crash happened yeah and there's nothing you could have done differently that day mm-hmm. to change the outcome. Because I truly believe our destiny, the day we leave here, is already written in stone before we even mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. So we don't have that much power to change the master plan. Yeah. And, and, and he would just weep, you know, asking God, could he just change places? Yeah. It was so hard. Mm-hmm. And, but now, you know, he's doing, he's doing, like, he's doing a lot better. You know, every mm-hmm. time they hear me share the testimony and share, and share that, you know, this is God's plan. There's a miracle in action in the letters. You know, mm-hmm. they said faith comes by hearing. My girls mm-hmm. and, and Angelina, who survived as well, faith comes by hearing, by them um, hearing me and watching me, you know, because if I had gotten that corner cried, they would have followed me. Sure. If I would have cursed God, they would have heard and possibly repeated me. Mm. And the Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. So I have to be careful about my thoughts, but more mm. importantly, my words. Mm. Because, you know, they, they were mimicking me. Mm-hmm. So by them hearing me share the blessings and the miracles and the letters that built their strength. Yeah. And I said, you girls, you know, are walking testimonies because when our car fell 25 feet up the highway, then the upside down, wheels up. It was a truck. The, when they turned our truck right side up, the cab was the same level as the back of the bed. Wow. And when the firefighters, they told me they took 127 pictures all around this truck. There was no room for anyone to survive. Hmm. So when I shared with them, you girls are walking miracles. Yeah. The only two, the only two people who wrote goodbye letters were only two people who went home to our heavenly father. Wow. Yeah. You are walking miracles. And once they were able to look at it through that lens mm-hmm. and, and, when, and also when I was sharing my testimony, I said, God, you know, I want people to see your grace on my face. I don't want people to just know my son's past because I walked in the room. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn how to share this testimony through God's eyes. Mm-hmm. Because my version could be a doom and gloom. Sure. But because no one is, no one is going to make it out of here alive. Everybody's going home. Yeah. Everybody's going to leave. Is it, and, and depending on where you go, depends on who you serve here. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So I know my sons are joyfully jamming with Jesus. And I know the next time I see them, it will be for eternity. Yeah. And as hard as it is to live here mm-hmm. on earth without my sons, Maurice and Roger, it will be impossible for me to live here without God's son, Jesus mm, Christ. Yeah, that's a good word. Yes. What advice do you have for someone who feels like they're stuck in the doom and gloom version of their story? Seek God first. Mm. First step in my seven steps from grief to peace. Yeah. 
and you know and that's what I did and and I know that's and just get into your work sing and, and if that's too hard just sing praise and worship music mm-hmm. write the lyrics out meditate on that find something that soothes your soul yeah. find that song that you just want to put it on repeat and play it over and over and over again mm-hmm. that'll help you get yeah. out of that you know go for a walk mm-hmm. you know don't become a couch potato absorb it's 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 you know summer's coming go outside and enjoy yeah so Angela what have I not asked you that you want to share about um we covered a lot I guess I guess you know how what I do now how do people get in touch with me I I I speak um at different churches retreats conferences clubs women fellowships um, I love speaking at book clubs. So those yeah. are great. You know, for, you know, they go through the book and then I come in and we, you know, have a conversation. Sure. So those are really, uh, you know, and I'm glad that, you know, we're starting to really come back together and having face-to-face conversations mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Or, or if not, then we can always do it on Zoom. But um, sure. so I, and I love speaking at women's events. So if you haven't one of those events you'd like to have with us, absolutely fascinating supernatural testimony from the living God. I serve. I love to come and share this. Wonderful. Where can we find you online? You can find me on on my website. It's called miraclesinaction.com. M-I-R-A-C-L-E-S-I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N. Miraclesinaction.com. You can reach out. Wonderful. Wonderful. Would you be willing to pray for us? Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for rising us. Thank you for sacrifice, dear Heavenly Father. We really want to pay for the people who are grieving. Bring mm. peace to the world, Heavenly Father. You said the whole world is in your hands. Pray for Ukraine, dear Heavenly Father. You can change this, dear Heavenly Father. Yeah. Soften the hearts, dear Heavenly Father. Allow children to be safe in school, dear Heavenly Father. Yes, Lord. Allow our people to be safe in churches, dear Heavenly Father. We should not have to look over our shoulder, dear Heavenly Father. We're in these places to worship you. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, you already know. Give people the blessings for their spoken and unspoken prayers, dear Heavenly Father. Give people the peace they need. Thank you for doing everything that you do for us. Continue blessings for people who are just don't know what to do, what to say, where to go. And just the, the ministry of presence for people who don't know what to say for their friends who are grieving. Give them that peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. And let this message spread wide and deep. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I have one final question for you. Yes. If you could be any inanimate object, what would you be and why? I probably, hey, hey, how about this? Let me be a teddy bear. Ooh, (laughs) I love it. Yeah, because teddy bears are loved. People just love to hug and nurture and just really, you know, just a lot of care goes into it. People always hug teddy bears and I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So precious, so tender. Yeah. Angela, thank you so much for being willing to share your story with us, for crying with us, for sharing oh. your joy with us. Thank um, you for having me. It means me. a lot. Yeah. Thank you. It's, for my, it's, it's my assignment, but also it's my pleasure. Mm. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you.
as always, big thanks for listening. I know this was a heavy one. This was a hard one. But it's also a beautiful one. I love the joy and peace which with Angela operates, even after having lived through such a horrific tragedy. Be sure to connect with her and hear more of her story at miracleinaction.com. I'd love to connect with you as well. You can find me at katieaxelson.com. Of course, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. It would mean a lot if you hit that subscribe button. It's how you get to hear more diverse perspectives and more stories. We will see you again in two weeks, but until then, remember that you are known, you are loved, you are seen, you are cared for, you matter, and your story matters. Have a good week. (laughs) 